0: Welcome to the Vital Dome Podcast for Friday, July 24th. S&P futures are trading off about 12 points. That is about 40 basis points. That puts the futures at about 3,215. That's off the overnight lows. They were down to about 3,200 at one point. So they're about 15 points off the lows. The major European indices are trading off about 1.8% and Asia suffered pretty heavy losses across the board, especially in uh, China and Hong Kong. So, a few items to mention this morning. A lot of the major wires are focusing on um, you know heightened or escalating u s China tensions to justify some of the price action we're seeing this morning, heavy losses. Um, you know again, I think the u s China relationship is um, you know the worst it's been in decades. But it's also been that way now for a couple of months. So you know the consulate closing news that we saw with Houston and then China overnight ordered us to close one of ours in in on the mainland. Um, certainly not helpful. But again, to me that does not really dramatically shift the nature of the relationship, which remains, like I said, very bad. Um, if anything, I think the more important news as far as U.S. China is concerned was a speech delivered by Pompeo Thursday afternoon, in which he essentially calls the entire uh, engagement process with China dating back to the Nixon administration—a complete failure—and urges a, a dramatic shift in the global approach to China. So, just very, very, um, you know, bellicose rhetoric towards China. To me, that was much more, um, you know, important than the the consulate news. But, like I said, the U.S.-China relationship is very grim. For the, for now, you are not seeing this infect the Phase One agreement. If anything, there was an article out this morning just talking about how Chinese purchases of American farm products um, are actually quite healthy at the moment. I think that is why markets are very calm as far as U.S.-China is concerned. Um, So that's, that. you know, like I said, that's the main reason that's being cited. Um, But to me, you know, that strikes me just as more of an excuse. I think what you're really seeing is, you know, in the U.S., you obviously are seeing some of the bubble-like um, price action bleed out of tech. And I think you're seeing that occur uh, in mainland China too, where the Shanghai Comp and some of their other smaller indices exhibited a lot of the same bubble-like characteristics that you saw in US tech. And I think what we've seen over the last few days is the market clearly is kind of um, you know, pushing back somewhat on that. You're seeing some of that bubble type of price action bleed out of, out of markets. Um, so that really kind of, to me, is the main... Uh, driver, what you saw in um, in China overnight, uh, otherwise relatively slow morning. You know, if anything, you had pretty solid economic numbers out of Europe. So the flash PMIs for July; these are the first big July economic data points. We're going to get the U.S. ones later this morning. Um, they were healthy in Europe, especially on the services front. Um, so again, that's pretty encouraging. And just you know, to quickly as an aside, if you look at Europe versus the U.S., you know, Europe is has their COVID crisis under control. Their recovery continues um, as far as economic data continuing to point to a rebound. Um, you know, valuations are much more reasonable than in the U.S. Their fiscal stimulus is kind of just getting ramped up, um, and they don't have the massive political risks that you have in the U.S. So, you know, on paper, I think Europe continues to look much better than the U.S. Um, but you definitely are, uh, you know, I, I that that certainly is not a view that people are very, are embracing very eagerly right now. Um, but you know, like I said, I think you know certainly Europe uh, looks better than the U.S. at the moment. So China and then the Flash PMIs; those are the big main macro news for this morning. Um, otherwise, it's kind of more of the same on the COVID front. The numbers in the U.S. Um, you know you can make the case that the transmission figures are plateauing. They're plateauing at very elevated levels, but they are plateauing for the most part. Um, as far as not increasing parabolically, they are still rising, um, but you're just they're not rising at an accelerating rate. Um, you are seeing though you know hospitalizations and fatalities continue to rise. Again, that lags transmissions by a few weeks. I remember um going back a couple of weeks ago when you saw transmissions really spike and you did not see a commensurate an immediate commensurate increase in hospitalizations or fatalities. Um, you know, people were kind of uh, hopeful, but you know those numbers do lag by a couple of weeks, and you're seeing that show up. Um, a lot of articles this morning just talking about the state of the u s. economy right now. You know, clearly we've seen piles of evidence, anecdotal evidence, and now it's showing up in some of the formal statistics that the recovery is plateauing, stalling, reversing slightly. A lot of companies have been mentioning this on their conference calls. Again, it's not a complete reversal by any means. Um, you know, it's more just a stalling or a plateauing. A, a lot of it has to do with COVID figures, um, the COVID numbers weighing on economic activity in certain major states. Um, but a lot of other companies are mentioning a few other factors too, and that you know you did see kind of. Obviously, stimulus is waning as a as a tailwind, um, and then a, and then some of the pent up economic activity that was sparked by the pandemic, especially kind of a big rush of work from home type purchases, um, that's something that's abating as well, and that's and that's kind of causing the plateauing that we're seeing. Um, so, like the flash PMIs in the U.S. that come out later this morning, we watched very closely. But you know, it certainly is the case that the U.S. economy. Um, at best, it's plateauing, and we'll have to see how that how that develops over the coming weeks. If it if it turns into um, you know more of a a reversal uh, on the stimulus front, the GOP you know despite what they may claim, still have not agreed on all the major components for their bill. That bill is now supposed to be out on Monday. Um, you know I think the focus on the Republican version of the bill is kind of um, you know we it, it's kind of uh, it, you know we're we're placing too much emphasis on it, given that this is only. The end of the beginning. Now, once the Republicans put out their proposal, which is supposed to be around a trillion dollars, they have to close a massive $2 trillion gap with Democrats. Um, And so that's going to be, you know, that's going to take weeks, um, just given where everything stands at this point in time. That last $600 per week payment gets sent out within the next 24 hours. So, um, unless there's some type of an emergency temporary extension of the federal unemployment benefits, they'll probably be a week or two without them. Um, and then we'll have to see how things finish, uh, how things shape up. I think the market assumes your finished product will be around a trillion and a half dollars at this point. The market could probably tolerate the federal payments going as low as $200 a week, so long as there's another round of one-time stimulus checks. Um, but again, a lot of moving pieces, very fluid. Um, you know, and, I, and like I said, I don't think we should maybe place so much emphasis on what the Republicans propose because the, you know, that has to then be reconciled with what Democrats are demanding. Um, so that is pretty... Pretty much everything for today on the macro front, on earnings, Intel was a big name last night. Um, you know, certainly I think over you know disappointing on Microsoft, Tesla. You can argue that it was just a matter of expectations being very, very frothy. Um, Intel certainly gave you a lot to be disappointed about. Gross margins fell short. Um, they were cautious on their call as far as just broader macro trends. Um, you know, their guidance for Q3 points to a large deceleration versus what they put up in Q2. Um, And then I think the big issue, obviously, is just this manufacturing problem that they've had now on 7 nanometer. They've also had many, if you go back in the past, they've had a lot of manufacturing issues over the last few years. um, And that's obviously raising a lot of concerns, given that that had been a had been in the past, a big area of Intel strength as far as their manufacturing prowess. So. Um, Intel was obviously the main highlight. That stock could be under pressure. Skyworks elsewhere in semiconductors, I think it's more of an issue of just very elevated expectations. Skyworks put up very strong figures, beat expectations, guided above the street, raised the dividend. Um, But as of last night, the stock was under a little bit of pressure, similar to kind of, I think, what you've seen in other tech names where, again, nothing fundamentally wrong with the Microsoft quarter, the Texas Instruments quarter, the Citrix quarter, Tesla quarter, et cetera, other than just those stocks. Um, you know, obviously had had massive expectations embedded in them. Um those are the big pieces of micro news out. Um, you know, Disney was out again overnight also delaying more of its movies. You saw that with Time Warner too, a couple of days ago. Um, you know, so clearly a lot of these um, you know, a lot of the consumer activities, whether it be bars, restaurants, flying, movie theaters, concerts, etc., um, you know, those areas are going to stay under extreme pressure for uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Uh, no super important earnings out of uh, Europe this morning. Uh, nothing so uh, nothing major on the vaccine front for the calendar today. Your focus will be on earnings. Um, you have a couple of big ones, including American Express and Verizon and Honeywell. And then the flash PMIs also will be hitting uh, this morning too. those will be watched just after the jobless claims figure yesterday. And then this afternoon, Trump is supposed to be signing an executive order on drug prices. Um, this is largely looks like, according to a lot of media reports, just more of a political stunt than anything else. It's very, very difficult to legislate drug prices via executive order. You really need congressional action, um, so it probably won't have a lot of teeth into it. In it, but you know that it still could create some headline risk, nonetheless. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.